This podcast is brought to you by Vertex. Guys, please go over to www.vertex.com. Vertex is a technical clothing company, technical backpack company, and they make a whole variety of backpacks and range bags, everyday carry bags, and pretty damn good clothing. Um, In fact, I actually have a pair of Vertex pants that goes back to 2016. I wore them on a pilot episode for a TV show that I filmed for the History Channel back in the day. I took them through the desert. I've tried destroying these pants um, just by wearing them through briars and all sorts of stuff, and they just keep coming. Uh, They might have a whole bunch of pine sap on them, but hey, they still keep me covered and decent. Guys, if you go over to www.vertex.com, and you use the code FIELDCRAFT, that's F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T, you can get 20% off of your order. While you're there, take a look at the Tactigami. That's the folding fabric that you can use to create mag pouches, radio pouches, all sorts of accessories on the inside of the packs. Uh, It's pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of their dedicated magazine pouches for the range. I have one loaded up uh, anytime I go just so I don't have to jam mags at the range. So guys, please go over to www.vertex.com. Check out all the stuff that they have. And do not forget that code FIELDCRAFT to get 20% off your order. This podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Hoist. Hoist has been helping us out here at FIELDCRAFT for a few years now. And a lot of our students have reaped the benefits of having a great relationship with Hoist where we provide Hoist drinks at our classes. Hoist is utilized not only by our students, but by a wide range of people in the great outdoors, law enforcement, professional sports teams, and so forth. And it's pretty damn good stuff. There are some really interesting flavors that they have. Uh, I'm a big fan of the mango Hoist myself. Guys, if you go over to www.drinkhoist.com, you can use the code FIELDCRAFT10 and get yourself 10% off of your order. Now, I would be lying to you if I were saying that that's the only place that you can find Hoist. Many times you just go to the grocery store and you'll find it in the sports drink aisle. And, you know, I've seen it there for, you know, a great, great price, a great offer. And I've stocked up when I can, so, uh, or when I could have. So please go over to www.drinkhoist.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT10. You'll get 10% off your order. Find out why all of our students and a bunch of our folks here at the company like Hoist and continue to drink it on a regular basis. So one more time, www.drinkhoist.com. Use the code FIELDCRAFT10. You'll get 10% off of your order. Welcome to the FIELDCRAFT Survival Podcast. I'm your host for Coffee and Questions, and my name is Kevin Estella. I am the Director of Survival here at the company. Right now, I'm recording in the Aberdeen office. I've got a whole pile of gear in front of me, including, (laughs) uh, I think, six versions of a new holster that I designed that Blackpoint Tactical is coming out with, and I got my trusty Beretta 1301 Tactical that, oh yeah, you guys have been asking a whole bunch of questions about. Oh, that sounds so damn sexy. So we're going to jump right into this. And if you guys aren't familiar with the process, here's how it goes. I think this is like the 10th time that I've done Coffee and Questions. And in the previous iterations of Coffee and Questions, I've put it out to the social media world. Hey guys, what kind of questions do you have for me? And from my background 
I answer questions, I give my opinion, and sometimes the responses are short, sometimes they're long. Recently, uh, Instagram has been throttling a lot of us at Fieldcraft to the point where we are only reaching, I think it's like 0.01% of our total following. So uh, I was surprised when I got so many responses to ask me a question. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to call people out by their username. I'll call out the question. And I believe I have 24 or 25 questions today. Some of them, like I said, are going to be short. Some of them are going to be long. So if you'll bear with me, I'm going to pull this up on my phone and we're going to jump right into this. So this first one, question number one, and I'm probably going to lose track of the questions, by the way. So the first question comes from mountain underscore E-O N-I-N underscore. This is Patrick. It's my buddy, Patrick. Met him at Georgia Bushcraft. Kid's 19 years old, aspiring survival instructor, good kid. He says, best rain gear you've used, looking for something packable and durable. Well, Patrick, there's really no um, combination of both packable and durable rain gear. Rain gear can either be extremely, extremely lightweight. We're talking like frog togs type of stuff, or it can be very, very durable, like the you know hard shell Arcteryx leaf rain gear that I bought years ago. This is like 2015, um, back in you know British Columbia at the Arcteryx outlet, and I got it for next to nothing. When you try to getting both packable and durable, it really doesn't do one of those better than the other. Like you, you can't really have great packable gear and have it be durable, and you can't have super durable gear and have it be very packable. Now, I'll tell you that there are some companies out there that have made some very reliable jackets that have stood up to reasonable wear. Um, Patagonia and Marmot, they both make pretty good lightweight rain jackets that are somewhat durable. I mean, you don't want to walk through the briars with them, but they definitely are not going to fall apart if you wear them time and time again. And they're relatively inexpensive. Now, if you want to go up a level from there, there are some soft shells that I think the soft shell... Uh, revolution is here. And I think soft shells, you know, in most rain, with the exception of like torrential downpour, you're going to get fine. You're going to get by with just soft, soft shell. Um, so look at the soft shells from beyond, uh, Jared, also known as army mace out in Washington state. He's wearing one of the beyond jackets. My buddy, Jerry here has a beyond jacket. I've got a beyond jacket, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, also known as Wilderness Woodcraft. He has a Beyond jacket. We are swearing by those. So I'm going to give a big shout out to Beyond uh, that that's probably going to be my recommendation of both packable and durable. Uh, by the way, unofficial sponsor of this podcast is Cactus Creek Brewing uh, or Cactus Creek Coffee House, or I don't even know if it's technically a coffee house, but they're right down the street uh, from Fieldcraft, North Carolina. And they're right on Route 5 in Aberdeen. So check them out, Cactus Creek. It's owned by a former Green Beret. Good dude and uh, really good coffee today. All right, Philip Hathaway, question number two. How much do you use your ES survival vest? Uh, the ES survival vest is made from, or made by Sleeping Indian Wool. And I use it a good amount. Um, I use it on longer road trips when I want to carry stuff up on my body and I don't want to sit on it all day. Because you sit on your wallet all day, you're going to get all sorts of nerve issues. So I use it for long road trips and I use it when I don't need to travel a very, very long distance by walking, but I do need to stay warm and I do need to stay organized. So not a bad thing to wear uh, canoeing. It frees up my uh, my upper body, 
you know, cause I don't have sleeves. So I use it a good amount and I'm a big fan of that vest and it's done well. It's still out there and it's still here to stay. All right. Question three, Kevin Casey, 22 rough release schedule for your Winkler. Uh, if you guys don't know, I have had a project with Winkler knives. Uh, it's my personal project. I've had a personal project with Winkler knives since early summer of 2020. So before I joined Fieldcraft, uh, Daniel Winkler of Winkler Knives and I were talking about doing a collaboration. He's was totally on board for it. And my history with Winkler is through Sayoc, uh, through Sayoc Kali, obviously the R&D Hawk that you guys probably know through Jack Carr. Well, the Winkler knife was started four years ago at this point, and it's going to come out in quarter one of 2024. It's called the Mentor. And Blade HQ will most likely be the online source for the Mentor knife. I will have 25 knives called the Signature Series that I'll sign the box and sign the sheath. And <clears throat> I'll basically put in a, a card and those are going to be very, very limited. Um, but then I'm also going to have knives available for when I see people in person. I have no intention of becoming a merchant. I'm an instructor first and foremost. But those knives are going to be released in early 2024, uh, first quarter 2024. Okay. Uh, Bodier, travel duffel or suitcase? Duffel. Um, I'm a big fan of the duffel. I have a Filson medium-sized duffel that I've had since age 23. So I'm going on 44 in April. So it's been going now for two decades. And it's a great duffel. Um, I would rather take a bag throw it over my shoulder, run through the airport, then have to lug a giant Hulkin suitcase. So my answer is travel duffel. Tattoo Fly Guy asks, any courses in New England this upcoming year? Well, Tattoo Fly Guy, I am sure there are going to be courses in New England. Um, I plan on getting back up there, whether I am teaching back at the SIG Academy or I am teaching in my home state of Connecticut or anywhere you guys want me to come up, as long as you cover the travel expenses and cover the minimum that we need to get an instructor there, I'm willing to travel. So if you have a place for me to teach land nav or survival or defensive shotgun, I'm happy to travel. So the answer is yes. Um, all that's gotta get cleared through Utah. They're kind of centralizing the decision-making process out there, so I don't really have a say in it. But yeah, I will be teaching up there one way or another. All right, JMac 87 you got any articles for the field ethos crew I could see in the next magazine volumes? Uh, J-Mac, I wrote an article a while back on the scout rifle and recently Grand Thumb, uh, you guys should follow Grand Thumb. He does some pretty good videos, uh, really entertaining videos. And the guy uh, is very, very talented as a shooter. He did a video on the scout rifle. I wrote an article on scout rifle um, and it may appear on the online version. Um, I'm still waiting to hear, but I like writing for the field ethos guys. I think field ethos is really the premier magazine right now that you're going to find. And when you pick up a copy of field ethos, it feels like you're looking at national geographic. The magazine quality is that good. So I do have an article there. I need to write more for them and I may end up doing something about the shotgun. We'll see. Okay. Moving on. Are you going to be at the Denver courses next month? This is from uh, the Eben Smith. Answer is yes. Uh, Utah wanted me to teach out in Colorado. 
and teach out in Phoenix and teach in Utah and teach in Bozeman. So we put some courses up and see if there was any interest. So I'll be teaching um, modern survival skills and basic shotgun. And that's going to be the first, let's see, January 2021 out in Colorado. So yes, I will be there and you can play with my Beretta 1301, which you're going to hear about in the next question. All right. So this next question comes from Zippo 6 er Did you use an M-lock attachment screw to attach the shell holder to the Zukov? So if you guys are wondering, uh, on the forend of my Beretta 1301, there is what you refer to as a match saver. Uh, match saver holds one additional round just forward of the ejection port. So when your bolt locks back, all you have to do is run your hand over the shell and drop it into the ejection port, hit the bolt release, and you have one extra round. It's called a match saver. So this match saver attaches with a single Allen screw, and there's a convenient hole already for the uh, the match saver on the Zukov Magpul handguard. So I just used the existing Allen screw. I didn't go with the M-lock. Now, I saw a picture recently of Lena Mikulik's shotgun, and she doesn't use the existing hole for the match saver. She actually puts it more in like a, a the center location of the plastic and I can't tell what type of screw she uses, but I think if you were to use two screws, you're going to have to drill into your Magpul handguard. I am just going to use it as it's intended. I haven't had any issues with it. There is a little bit of wiggle and there is, you can hear it. There is a little bit of hook and loop um, that kind of lets it play. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I think if you have it too rigid, it might break off, but giving it that amount of play keeps it from doing damage to your, to your handguard. All right, next question. Let's see. Underscore Black Rob, Merry Christmas. Yeah, guys, Merry Christmas to all of you. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be released, but Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Happy New Year. Guys, I don't like saying Happy Holidays. It's 2 PC. I say Merry Christmas and you say whatever you want back to me. If you say F you, eh, F you too. Okay. Faith Olaris asks, how many guns, knives do you travel with? Take scenic route or fast route, your favorite color. Okay. Um, I basically travel with my EDC. So that's a Victorinox uh, Swiss Army knife. That is a Chris Reeves Sabenza or a Benchmade Adamus. And that's some type of fixed blade. So it's either my Amtac Blades Minuteman. It's my Gossman Polaris. It's any of my fixed blades that I use for work. And then uh, as how many guns, at a minimum, a pistol. When I do travel out to Colorado, I will carry two shotguns with me, probably this uh, Beretta 1301 and probably my Mossberg 590A1 because I like demonstrating in front of students with both semi and pump showing the true splits that are anticipated between rounds and reloads and whatnot, letting the students see and try for themselves the difference between the two platforms. So at a minimum one pistol, um, but sometimes two, if I'm traveling where, um, I'm traveling with my girlfriend and we're in the same car and, you know, I have a pistol on me. I don't see any reason why I can't carry a, a second pistol and put it in her purse. So, um, minimum of 
one pistol, and at least two or three knives. Do I take the scenic route or the fast route? It all de depends, man. I mean, if I'm on a vacation, I'm going to take the scenic route. If I'm working fast route, I don't need to, you know, look at the trees and look at the mountains or anything like that. I just need to get to where I am. And then my favorite color, green. All right, Knives by Nuge. <laughs> so Knives by Nuge, guys, give this guy a follow. He's a former cop who became a full-time knife maker. Uh, Knives by Nuge, that's N-U-G-E. He's out of New Jersey, so we got a feel for him already because he's in the occupied state of New Jersey. And uh, I don't know what exit he is off the interstate, but it probably is industrial. He says, John Rambo versus John Matrix, who wins? Well, I think all of civilization wins because if you look at the video game cover of Contra, the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, AB, AB, select, start video game from the 80s, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but there's also John Rambo in the background with a red headband. So I think when you have both of those fighting, all of civilization wins because they're fighting off the alien horde. Now, if I had to choose between the two of them, that's a tough one, but I'm staring right now in my podcast studio at three action figures that were Rambo figures. So I got to say it's Rambo. Just throwing it out there. All right. Alex Brewer, 623. Alex is one of my uh, former students. He is a, uh, and I, one of my, when I say former student, he's a survival student, not a high school student. He says, recommended 1022 takedown barrel. Alex, dude, get a takedown barrel from Tactical Solutions and get the takedown barrel that has the integrated barrel shroud. Because what that does is there's a 12-inch barrel that's threaded and the shroud is permanently attached, making it legal. So you can put a suppressor underneath the shroud and the overall length of the barrel, I think is 16 inches. So huge fan of that. Um, look up Tactical Solutions. I think their website is www.tacticalsoul.com, but I bet you'll find them. And the barrels are aluminum with a steel insert and they're fluted and super lightweight. All right, this next one is from HEL underscore 88. No question, Merry Christmas. Uh, you should do a class in Arizona soon. That's the plan. I got to sync up with Mikey Hernandez and Doc Jones. We were talking about doing something where I fly into Arizona. We teach there, say like Saturday, Sunday. We then take our time. We drive up to Utah or out to Denver, film content along the way, camp. But then we teach the following weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday. And then I fly home and they fly back or they drive back. So I would love to do that. Um, I just have to be told, Hey, we need you to teach in Arizona and I'll go out there. All right. Next question. This one comes from Nicholas dot Emond, a 300 patrol 1301 tactical or Benelli M4 for a semi auto shotgun. The answer is all of them are fantastic. They're all the same family, by the way, Beretta and Benelli are the same holding company. And we've seen them all in the classes. I have an A300 Patrol. I have my 1301. I do not own a Benelli, but I've shot them. And they're great shotguns. So the answer is find the one that works for you. All three of them are going to come in at different prices with the A300 most likely being the least expensive. And it comes with a great bunch of features from the get-go. So I would say look at the A300 Patrol and take a really, really good look at it because Granted, it doesn't have the chrome-lined chamber and the chrome-lined barrel that the 1301 has, 
So that's really what you're paying for. You're also paying for the, the blink system with the 1301. You will not outshoot either of those Berettas. Uh, we've used them on the shot timer and we cannot outshoot them. They run and run and run. Um, now the Benelli classic gun again, you, uh, you're going to be fine with any of them. Um, I'm personally a big fan of the 1301, but I like traveling with my A300. I think it's a robust gun. And like I said, with a red dot and a flashlight, you are so good to go. Um, so pick out whichever one you like. By the way, you guys are going to hear a lot of shotgun questions this time around because when I posted the anyone have a question, I posted a picture of my 1301 next to uh, my secure it gun safe. So yeah, you're going to hear a whole bunch of those questions. All right. River rat underscore. I'm sorry. River underscore rat MJ. You fully adjusted to North Carolina yet. Guys, at the time of recording, this is just after Christmas, 2023. I moved out here November 1st, 2022. I absolutely love it out here. North Carolina is a booming, booming state. It is a training hub. Let no one tell you differently. We have just over 10 million people here in North Carolina. We have an additional 25 million people in the surrounding states. We have people driving from Ohio, Florida, New Jersey. We have people flying in from Colorado because they want to train with me and train with my crew out here. And I love this area. The bakery next door is awesome. So shout out to Lynette's. The downtown Southern Pines area is one of the most highly sought after places for people to move to and live. So if you guys are thinking about moving to North Carolina, check out Southern Pines. You'll understand why people want to move there. Um, I just closed on a house. I'm not going to say what city I'm in or what town I'm in, but I love my house. My house is so quiet. I'm in such a great area with good people around me. I've made amazing friends here that I've gone hunting with. Um, I'm going to be helping out with the local Apogee school. So if you guys don't know what the Apogee school is, check it out. Look at the work that Matt Boudreau is doing uh, along with Tim Kennedy. And I'll be helping out in the triangle um, branch of the Apogee schools. So North Carolina triangle Apogee. I've made such great connections out here. Most importantly, I'm very close to Connecticut. If I have to rush back in case my dad ever gets sick, my dad is going to be 85 in the next few days. And he's got great health, but last year we almost lost him. The dude had renal failure and I almost watched my dad die. He pulled through. Sadly, we lost my mom, but I made us a, a promise to him. I'm like, dad, I'm, I'm going to be here for you. So if I need to get back, I can rush back to Connecticut in less than 10 hours. Um, and if I fly, I'll be there in 90 minutes. So, you know, there's a good airport that flies 20 minutes away from my parents' home. So have I fully adjusted to North Carolina? Yes. Um, I love it here. It gets a little hot in the summer, but that's okay. There are places that I can go. There are things I can do and I can get up to the mountains and I, I love it here. All right. Faye Byron or Faye Braun asks, what's the funniest dad joke you heard recently? All right. This one comes from my dad. Now keep in mind, my dad, <laughs> my dad is not a, a native English speaker. My dad learned Tagalog. He learned Spanish and English, and he speaks French, Italian, and he's 
conversational in German. So my dad speaks a lot of languages, but he doesn't always get the punchline of jokes. All right. And he is fluent in English, um, but he tells some stupid, stupid jokes. So this is the worst joke my dad has told recently. And remember, I just saw him for Christmas. So he says a guy is in a car with a woman and I'm going to screw this joke up, but it's probably still going to be just as bad as when my dad told it. He's in a car with a woman and they're talking about, uh, <laughs> they're, they're talking about having sexual relations. All right. That's how my dad says it. So guy picks up a girl. They're talking about having sexual relations and she points to a hotel and the guy's like, Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, we're going to a hotel to do that. What are you a prostitute? And the woman's like, no, 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 no. You pick me up because I'm the substitute. That's the worst dad joke I've heard in a long time. I don't know if it's technically a dad joke. Um, it's a bad joke. I screwed up the punchline. My dad screwed up the punchline and it's terrible. All right, moving on. All right. Jared Leland Gore just bought my first gun Ruger 10 What would you say is the best all around survival gun? Whew, that's a loaded one. No pun intended. Guys, if we're talking survival firearms, a 22 definitely belongs in your stable. Uh, if you take a look at the new Fieldcraft Survival app, I have a whole season on the Survival 22, and that includes how to configure it, ammunition selection, ways that you can shoot it from different positions and so forth. 22 is the way to go. And that advice goes way back to Bradford Angier. Bradford Angier says that the best survival rifle is a hard hitting flat shooting 22. Now, bolt action, semi-auto, that doesn't matter as much. Don't mind me as I just burped off coffee. That doesn't matter as much as long as you can hit your target every single time that you press that trigger. Ruger 1022 is a great, great way to go. I mean, there's millions of them out there. Um, the 1022, I mean, you can get new trigger packs for them. You can get upgraded barrels for them, upgraded uh, stocks for them. You can get the takedown model that Alex Brewer was talking about earlier. You can get optics galore. You can equip them with sound suppressors. I mean, it's a great, great rifle. Now, is it the best survival firearm? I don't know, man. Every different, every survival scenario is different. Maybe the 22 is the answer to the zombie apocalypse because zombies have soft skin and you can get right to their brain with a 22. But maybe the best survival firearm is a 12 gauge. Maybe the best survival firearm is a AR-15. So I don't know what the answer is, what the best all around one is, but I will say this, 22 is a great, great option if you had a multiple choice test and you needed to decide like, okay, it's going to be this gun or that gun or whatever, 22 is going to be in my stable. All right, here we go. Another one. B-Dub 0723, Vancomp 870, or Beretta 1301? The answer is yes. I have a Vancomp 870. I have a Vancomp Mossberg 590. Vancomp makes the gun shoot extremely, extremely tight. That said, my Beretta 1301 shoots very tight without porting straight from the factory. And I've tried it with Federal Flight Control. I tried it with Hornady, Critical Defense, Double Op Buck. I've tried it with a lot of just random buckshot. It's a pretty solid gun onto 25 yards without any porting. Now, the Vancomp is going to, or the Vancomp treatment to your barrel 
is going to eliminate some of the recoil, but it can't get rid of all of it. So, uh, at the end of the day, you've got a pump gun versus a semi. The semi is going to absorb some of the recoil. The 1301 is stupid lightweight. Like I've got this gun right now sitting on my lap. It's lightweight. And even though it's lightweight, when people shoot it, they're like, that's a 12 gauge. Like it doesn't feel like one. So I'm going 1301. Uh, I hate to say it. I mean, I've been friends with the folks over at VanComp for many years. I love their product, but I got to say that this 1301 is awesome as is. Now, should the folks from VanComp decide to do barrel treatments to the 1301 or the A300, then guess what? I am going to have the perfect happy marriage between two shotguns that I love. This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. Why do our hormones suck as we get older? Our human growth hormone and its derivative of growth factors can reduce by 50% by age 35. And it doesn't matter how hard you train, how good you eat. If we don't have the proper hormones in our body, we're not going to get the results we want. BioPro Plus is the first of its kind non-synthetic alternative to prescription human growth hormone. All the benefits of synthetic HGH without any of the needles, side effects, or doctor's visits. Guys, that's the ad that I'm supposed to read, and it's the truth. But I've been on BioPro myself for a year and a half, and it has drastically changed my life, my fitness, and my health in general. I suffer from traumatic brain injury from years of blast overpressure, uh, working with explosives, and uh, I don't suffer from any of the side effects anymore. My fitness is better than it's ever been, and I'm going to be 45 next week. So head on over to bioproteintech.com. Click on the link, use code FIELDCRAFT for $30 off your first order. Don't take it from me. Go try it yourself. <sighs> this next one comes from Iulia Schiller. Anything exciting going on? Well, there's always exciting stuff going on. And at the start of the podcast, I told, told you guys that I'm sitting at a table right now with a bunch of holsters. And I'm looking at version 6.0. Okay, 6.0 of a holster that is going to be released by black point tactical that I designed. This holster is a solution for your 22 survival pistols that allows you to still carry your appendix self-defense pistol, but carry a hunting pistol with comfort and out of the way. Um, Harvey cheek, who's been a guest on this podcast, he and I have went back and forth with the design it involved him sending multiple holsters this way, in fact, six of them, different attachment points and different um, hardware to the point where Harvey actually had to create tooling for um, one feature of this holster. I don't even know if the holster is going to be out by the time the podcast has dropped, so I don't want to say too much. But this holster is going to be called the Bando, uh, B-A-N-D-O, the Bando holster. And you'll understand where that name comes from when you when you see it. It's pretty awesome. It'll hold 22 survival pistols with and without sound suppressors. And right now it's molded for the Browning Buckmark or the Ruger Mark II, Mark II, Mark III series. So that's super exciting. That's one thing that's coming up. Um, that's a project that I get to put my name on. Another one, obviously, is the Winkler knife. I'll have my name on that one. Another one is Exotac. Um, I've been good friends with Exotac for many years. 
and I have signature green coming in the form of the um, Exotac fire sleeve. So yeah, there's all sorts of exciting stuff going on. Not to mention my new house, not to mention awesome training that we got coming up, training at Gossman Knives. So I get to see my good buddy, Scott Gossman. That's going to be February 9 and 10. All sorts of good stuff coming up. So yeah, <laughs> you, you damn skippy. There's interesting stuff coming up. All right. Crazy Craig 83. Another Beretta 1301 question. Fitment of the new 1301 tube with the Magpul good. Guys, Nordic Components makes a replacement magazine tube cover. So on the factory Beretta 1301 magazine tube, it's a plastic shroud that goes over and there's a barrel clamp. Nordic Components makes a uh, an aluminum version and there's a small recess that is about halfway down the tube that holds an aluminum magazine and barrel clamp. So how does it fit? Fits pretty damn good. And I've shot this already. I love it. Um, I think my shotgun is in the final form. Like, I don't think I can do anything else to this to improve it. It's got Nordic components on it. Surefire Magpul stuff, a hollow sun, a side saddle. Like it's, it's legit. Everything fits great. Check out Nordic components. Uh, Jerry just put a, um, magazine tube extension on his Remington 870 and he has expanded capacity now. So yeah, it, it looks great. It fits great and it functions flawlessly. All right. Let me get back into my phone here and let's see what we got. <laughs> okay. One Mike Taylor probably asked this a hundred times before. Sorry. Go to everyday carry pistol. Just got an Eberly stock bando bag to EDC guys. My everyday carry pistol You can probably hear what this pistol is just by the sound of it. Um, Glock 19. First pistol I ever purchased was a Glock 19. I stupidly sold it uh, when Connecticut had um, some firearms laws come into play. And when I moved out to Utah, I bought a Glock 19. And now I own two Glock 19s. One standard with cowboy sights and one MLS. Both of them are fantastic pistols. I love the idea that this gun is easy to conceal. I love the idea that I can throw on a uh, TLR seven. I can put, you know, a 17, a Glock 17 mag in here and I can have a slightly extended mag. Um, also, if I ever had to strip the mag and 17 round mags stick out a little bit, so they're easy to strip. So this gun, I mean, it's getting, it's getting really broken in nicely. Like I'm at that point now where, you know, top of the barrel starting to turn nice and silver from just wear and all the parts are just breaking in so nice like the trigger is so predictable and this one doesn't even have the johnny glocks trigger in it like i like shooting this pistol stock because on the off chance i do get a chance to jump into a class as an ai and i shoot a string of fire at a target i like telling people like look it's just a stock gun like it's not a race gun i don't like fancy cuts in the slide or anything like that. I just like a Glock 19. So that's my everyday carry pistol. Um, it changes when I go to Connecticut. I do carry a uh, Glock 48 up in Connecticut because it's about the size of the 19. And I have a Trigicon RMR on that one. And I also have a uh, 
a TLR7 sub. So I can carry that one. And then sometimes I go down to Florida and I carry a Glock 43 down there, not the 43X, but just a standard 43. And uh, I have like a little plus one base pad from Terran Tactical. It also helps the mags drop free when I do reloads. So that gives me seven plus one rounds. And that's my like extremely, extremely warm weather gun when, you know, you're wearing linen and wearing, you know, just a t-shirt and board shorts. So yeah, those are my, my carry pistols. I'm a Glock guy. Sorry, SIG. I know SIG's a sponsor of Fieldcraft in a lot of ways, but I've shot Glocks up at SIG. I like SIGs. Don't get me wrong. I still got a couple SIGs, but I carry my Glocks more. All right, moving on. Let's see. Okay. Sauce in the Wild asks, what's your favorite cut of venison that most people burger or gets tossed? Okay. I'm a fan of the sirloin. Um, the sirloin is a cut that you find in the rear quarter. And a lot of people take their, their quarters and they grind everything. Well, there's a couple of problems. There is a sack, like a, like a scent gland, a sack inside the fat in the leg. So unless you butcher your leg and you take out all the fatty bits, there's a chance that someone's going to grind that in there and it just makes the meat taste terrible. Now I like the sirloin because you can put it in a pot roast. You can also slice it and you can make it into thin steaks. Um, it's a, it's a favorite cut of mine. Some people call it the ball roast. Um, I really like the, the sirloin now favorite cut of all time is the, uh, tenderloin. Something interesting just happened recently. I was on a hunt and we get to the butchering process and I'm talking to the guys they are like, Oh, we don't, we don't gut. We just take out the back straps. We take off the quarters and take off whatever else we can, but we don't go into the guts. I'm like, what about the tenderloins? They're like, where are those? I'm like, hold on. You don't know where they are. Uh, I was like, they're in here. They're running along the spine. Oh, you got to get into the guts for those. I'm like, watch this. So I've got the deer hanging up and I cut away the abdomen as best as I can to the point where like the weight of it is pulling free of the pelvis. And lo and behold, there are the tenderloins. I'm like, watch this. So you make those two little horizontal cuts, tenderloins pop free. And I'm like, you got to try this for breakfast. And my buddy who I was hunting with, he says to me, he goes, I will never admit that I ever let any of those go to waste. That is the best cut of meat I've ever had. So of course, tenderloins are going to be one of the best, but the one that most people overlook and they just grind sirloin because they just grind the whole leg. They, they backstrap it, they get the tenderloins and then they grind everything else. Not a big fan of that. I would rather grind the scraps, uh, trimming it as best as you can and leave the, the better cuts as better cuts. All right, let's keep moving here, guys. Next question. Favorite semi-auto shotgun, Beretta 1301. Um, that's from Bryce Cronin four. All right. These are the last eight questions right here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Last four questions. Have you had any issues with the grail filter yet? This is from Robert uh, Nolan 28. So Robert, no. Um, recently at Georgia Bushcraft, um, I got a chance to talk to the guys from grail and they told me that with the grail filter, as long as you can push water through the filter, it's going to do its job. Now I get it. When you buy a grill filter, it says 300 presses or, 
you know, 300 uses before you have to change the water or change the filter. But I've had mine for about a year now. I've had no issues. I've used it a good amount. Um, I just make it a point to change out that filter and do it when I have like a heavy usage weekend. So if I go somewhere where there's a lot of sediment in the, the water, I'll try pushing clean water through it, try to clean it out as best I can. Um, but I've had no issues with that thing. Like I love that grail filter. Now I've got a couple of them. I've got the bigger one and I use that one in my car. So when I'm traveling, that one's in the back. I try to keep it in my car during the months where it doesn't freeze because you don't want to freeze any filter. And even though the grail will survive a couple accidental freezings, you don't want to freeze it if you don't have to. So, um, I'm a big fan of, of the grail. I've had no issues with it whatsoever. Um, one of the things I guess you could call one criticism of it is that I wish it were the size of a Nalgene because there are some bottle pouches that are out there that I would love to say, like, that's the best bottle pouch for the grail, but there's excess space around the side. So it's kind of like sloppy. Um, I would rather the grail be like a common size of something that we already carry. So either like a, the, the size of like a USGI canteen or a Nalgene water bottle, like that would make a lot of sense to me. But no, I've had no issues with that thing. Um, I've used it out in Washington. I've used it in Arizona. I've used it in Utah. I've used it in Connecticut. I've used it in South Carolina. I've used it all over. I haven't gotten Curse of Montezuma yet. Um, I will take it at some point uh, internationally, but no issues. And it's working as uh, as it's intended to. Okay, next question comes from Ray One Gordon. Best mid-tech survival knife. Oh boy. All right. Yeah, here my chair. This chair is on its last legs. Like I feel like it's gonna fall and I'm gonna get impaled through the thigh with one of the chair legs. So I'm gonna try not to, to do that right now. Best mid-tech survival knife. Um, that's a tough one. I would say by mid-tech, we're saying that it's not factory ground. We're saying that it's, it's semi-custom. It's something that people are, are putting their hands on to finish it. Um, there is no machine that can do a convex edge. That's a hand ground process. And I do like a, a convex edge. The Gossman Polaris is a, is a convex knife. Um, the best mid-tech, something that you're going to find out there on the market, fall even. Swedish survival knives, um, whether it's the A1X, the F1 Pro, the modern Bowie, Falneven makes great knives. Um, Falneven made the original Swedish Air Force knife uh, after the Mora knife. So if you look at the original Mora uh, that was chosen by the Swedish Air Force, it's kind of sad. Like Mora is a great knife, but not for a dude who might parachute out of a burning jet over the frozen wilderness of Sweden. I mean, all they did was they, uh, they took a small piece of metal and they made a guard for it, but otherwise it was just like your basic Mora knife with a wooden handle. Fall even comes around and they're like, okay, this is our thermo run handle. It's designed to be worn with gloves, uh, full tank construction, check it out. And it's such a great knife. Um, the original survival school that I worked for, the Wilderness Learning Center, there was a while when the Falneven F1 was going to be the official school knife. Um, 
but ultimately that knife was uh, decided to be the Bark River Fox River. And if you guys are wondering like, hey, why does that Winkler mentor knife look familiar? Well, it draws a lot of inspiration from the Bark River Fox River. So uh, I'd say the best mid-tech knives that are out there are Fall Neven. Now that's if you want something mid-tech. Now, if you're looking for other good makers that are, I don't know, maybe a little bit more substantial than Mora, look up SE Knives. So the folks from SE are awesome. They have a unconditional warranty for their knives. Um, Mission Knives, not many people know Mission because they do a lot of work in the aerospace industry and the knives kind of don't get as much time as their other products. But Mission Knives makes some titanium knives and some A2 versions of their knives. So check them out. Um, Benchmade. You know, people poo-poo Benchmade. They're like, oh, Benchmade, you know, they melted down guns. Well, keep in mind that Benchmade was ordered by the court, right? They were ordered by the court. You must do this. And, you know, if they're not going to follow court orders, there are consequences. So Benchmade makes a great knife. And I like the Benchmade Meat Crafter. I like the Benchmade Flyaway. Um, I already said I like the Adamas Folder. They make some great knives. And if you guys don't like Benchmade, if you're like, hey, screw those guys, I will gladly take them off your hands. I will give them to students. They're great knives. So please check out Benchmade. Um, other than that, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of mid-tech knives that are out there. Battle Horse knives, they make great knives. Uh, LT Wright makes good knives. Um, you know, Wenger Blades makes great knives. Andy Roy, Fiddleback Forge, Russell Reese, Kahuta Knives. I mean, we can go on and on and on with so many great makers that are out there. Um, but I would say if you're looking for something that you could buy right now, check out Fall Neven. Okay. Sandman Sandler asks, what aspects of travel make you most excited, make you stressed out? All right, let me take a sip of coffee here. So I really like the planning process. I'm a planner. Um, you know, I can say that planning trips gets me going. Like I like pulling up a Google doc, making a list of what I'm going to pack, making a list of how I'm going to pack it. Like what will I carry in my carry on? What will be in my Pelican case? What will be in my duffel bag? What will I source locally? Like I love the planning aspect. It's a lot of fun. The thing that stresses me about a travel is when you miss a connecting flight. Um, earlier this year, I was out in Montana and I was flying back to North Carolina and I'm in Colorado and they're like, well, you landed, your flight took off 10 minutes ago, but we have you on another flight tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So I just went, I got a hotel room and if I had to be somewhere and I had a connecting flight that got delayed or canceled, that would stress me out. But for the most part, it's traveling, right? Like I carry what I carry in my backpack to make it through, um, an unexpected night out in the woods or in a hotel room. I mean, I've got tied packets to wash my clothes if I need to in the sink or in the bathtub. So, I mean, that can stress me out. Some of the things I like about travel, I like going to places that are known for certain things. So you go to Philly, got to go to a good cheesesteak place. You go to New York. What are they known for? Delis, right? Go to Carnegie Deli. 
right? If you've never been to one of the good delis there or Katz's Deli, I forgot which one closed down, but if you've never had a New York deli experience, you're missing out. I mean, you get a pound of pastrami on a sandwich and if you tip the guy like an extra five bucks, he'll cut you extra slashes of pastrami and he'll throw it on, on your plate along with a good dill pickle. Um, I like going to the beach and getting, you know, good seafood. I mean, I grew up in Connecticut and there's some great seafood on the Connecticut coastline along with Maine and, and New Hampshire. So I like the whole aspect of traveling and experiencing the local culture for what it is. Um, and anything else stress me out. I don't like where, when I have to travel to a place where I can't carry self-defense tools on me. So you probably won't see me in Washington, DC because you're not even allowed to carry a Swiss army knife most places. Now I like traveling where I can. I just got my Florida concealed carry license back and Florida is like the Mecca of places. If you want to carry anything and everything to protect yourself, look at the Florida law, what you're allowed to carry there. It's amazing. All right. I think we're down to the last question here. Before I get to this last question, just want to give a shout out to all the instructors uh, who made 2023 the greatest training year I've had so far. Um, Shout out to Jared, Pacific Northwest. Jared taught modern survival skills to a sold out crowd when I taught it at the SIG Academy to a sold out crowd, same day. Not to be outdone, Jerry Young taught modern survival skills to a sold out crowd at Winkler Knives while I taught it here in Aberdeen to a sold out crowd. So shout out to Jerry Young, to Brian Edwards, to Kate Smith, to Rick Lofton. Um, Shout out to Adam Neep. Shout out to all the folks who have been so damn good. Stefan and Todd out in Utah crushing it. Um, All the Fieldcraft folks like Amber and Mikey and Doc Jones, um, the fabulous Jen Caro or Caro. Um, guys, it's been an, it's been an awesome year. So this is probably going to release after the new year. Um, but just know that my 2023 was the best year I've had. This is the best training year I've had. And, uh, we've got it really dialed in and you guys are really making me proud. So let's get to this last question here. All right. (laughs) Uh, Yim Yu Han Peter, um, This is Asian brother from another mother. What types of shotguns are your preferred ones in your arsenal? Well, I have four shotguns that I currently own uh, for teaching defensive shotgun. One is a Remington 870 Police. One is a Magpul version of a Mossberg 590A1. One is a Beretta A300 Patrol. And the last one, the one that's been by my side for this podcast Brought a 1301 tactical. Um, if you guys are looking for a good shotgun, check out any of those. Um, we've seen some interesting people come through with some interesting shotguns, some KSGs, um, a couple Turkish shotguns that are semi-auto that look like ARs. Um, we've seen some 20 gauges this year. Honestly, put one in your arsenal. Uh, you deserve it. Guys, um, Coffee and questions is something that I've enjoyed doing now. This is like, but like I said, I think it's the 10th one that I've done. Um, I will always answer your questions. If you have any questions for me, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. That's at Estella wild ed. You can email me Estella at fieldcraftsurvival.com. That's E S T E L A at fieldcraftsurvival.com. Um, you can find me at classes. 
You guys know that when you take a class with me, there's very little downtime. Um, I would rather do question and answer while I'm having lunch with you than waste time and say, all right, guys, you go off and eat and we'll see you in an hour. Um, modern survival skills, eight hours overnight, wilderness survival overnight, 20 hours, advanced survival experience, 48. Um, there's very little downtime. If you guys have any questions, you know, I'm here to answer your questions. You know, I don't shy away from questions. Um, please send them this way. If you email me, you're going to get the best response because I don't like typing on my phone so much. And maybe one of your questions will end up in the next coffee and questions. I don't even know if this is that, that popular. I mean, it seems like podcasts are kind of down in overall listens, but if you like this, please send an email to contact at fieldcraftsurvival.com. Um, please share on socials. That goes a long way. You can tag me and uh, I'll continue answering your questions. But for now, this is probably one of the last podcasts I'm recording for the year. If this finds you after the year, hopefully you have an awesome 2024. Hopefully I'll see you at some training. Uh, you'll continue to support us here at Fieldcraft Survival. And uh, we'll maybe see you around the fire or on the firing line. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fieldcraft Survival podcast. Happy to answer your questions. Happy to drink coffee. And uh, hopefully we will see you at some training next year. All right, I'm out of here. Thanks so much, guys.